what's going on, everybody? Welcome into a new episode of Burke's Beat. I'm Danny Burke at Danny Burke Fiverr. You can follow on Twitter and you can catch more of my write ups at burksbeat.com. Still dishing out articles, so you're going to want to make sure. You are subscribed to that as well. You get notified when those articles get dished out as soon as possible. And likewise, here with the podcast, make sure you like and subscribe so you know when the newest episodes have been released. We've got a good one for you today. Brady Cannon, former Las Vegas Super Contest champion. Amazing work when it comes to covering not only the NFL, but golf too. And now, unfortunately, we're not... Hitting the links on this episode, we'll save that for down the road, but Brady does an amazing job breaking down each and every game on the upcoming postseason slate. He talks me into a bet that I had been considering that I mentioned last episode, so I did make an official play, and you'll hear it in this upcoming discussion. We also talk about futures bets and different ways you can look to approach the futures department this late in the year. So awesome conversation with Brady. Again, folks, you can follow him on Twitter at Las Vegas Golfer. But let's jump right into it. An interview with a great NFL handicapper, Brady Cannon. Here we go. Okay, now joining us on Burke's Beat, we are lucky to have Brady Cannon at Las Vegas Golfer is where you can follow Brady on the tweets. He's featured over at Sports Grid, where he covers NFL and golf. And for even more golf content, he's writing up columns left and right, covering all the betting angles for the PGA Tour and over at Golf Bet. Uh, Brady and I used to be doing a lot of shows at our old network, and man, we were just talking about this before, <laughs> before we recorded, but Brady and I would always do the Monday night football games this past season and I think and hopefully some of you were following out there Brady went like he was winning on every single game every week except for one so he just had an immaculate record on Monday nights he's a former super contest champion and he's having another solid year and Brady we're looking forward to your thoughts in this upcoming postseason card in itself but how you been my man it's been a little bit since we've been able to talk shop about the upcoming NFL action yeah, thanks for asking me back. Uh, let's try and rekindle some of that old magic we had last year for uh, Monday Night Football. That was really something. And, you know, I, I mean, we were just kind of rolling along. We were given that assignment to preview the game on Sunday evenings uh, heading into Monday. And, you know, we, we got out of the gate all right. And I, I wasn't even necessarily betting every game. I was just giving, you know, what my opinion mm-hmm. was week in and week out, whether I had a bet or not. And I remember the one loss. I might have had two. I think it might have been only one loss. And the one loss, I think it was the Bengals on Halloween. And it might have been like the Bengals against the Browns or something. And I was on the side that just got absolutely torched. But uh, other than that, (laughs) it it was remarkable. Uh, It reminds me of our mutual friend, John Murray, over at the Westgate Superbook. Uh, He was doing a a bit with our our another mutual friend, Sammy P., Sammy Panionovich, uh, doing one pick a week this week. And I think John finished 14 and three. Um, you know, maybe we should all just go to pick one game every week. It (laughs) seems to be a good formula. Oh man, you're not kidding. Yeah. You know, I was following that all year. John Murray does excellent work. Same with Sam, A, a lot of good content being produced out there and always good to get other people's opinions, especially from some of the sharpest in the biz, which you can consider yourself as one of those Brady. And that's why we always love picking your brain, especially when it gets narrowed down into this exciting time of the NFL betting calendar. And that kind of leads me to the first thing I want to ask you. 
you know, you've been doing this for quite some time and there's with the legalization of sports betting, a lot more novice bettors getting introduced into this betting sphere. So I want to ask you, what would you tell some of those bettors? What are some differences they should be aware of as we transition from the regular season to the playoffs? What kind of things do you, you know, look out for differently, approach differently? Is there even anything you do differently when it comes to this time? What would you give advice toward betters regarding that? Well, first of all, I, I wouldn't get overexcited about the fact that it is the playoffs and that means you should bet a bigger amount. I, I don't subscribe to that. And, and I can understand the enthusiasm as a fan and what have you, but as a better, I'm not treating these games any differently as far as the dollar amounts risked. Uh, that would be first and foremost. And secondly, you're probably getting yourself into trouble if you do try and increase your bet size during this time of year because – by the time we get around to the playoffs, the you know the division round, the championships, the Super Bowl, what have you, the lines are so tight. If you look at the movement in the market this week, it's been very little as opposed to what we see typically during the regular season on a week to week basis because you have, you know, scheduling spots and motivation and and you know maybe a letdown and you know you have a number of different situations throughout the course of the regular season. Not anymore. It's the playoffs, it's one and you're done and and everybody's, you know, in the same playing field. Sure there are some injuries that can affect the line, but you know the odds makers have also had 18 weeks to, you know, sharpen their iron and make these lines really, really good. And, and, and really, there's only one line this week that I found, you know, any kind of variance versus what I would make the game. But, you know, most of these games are pretty spot on with what my power ratings come to. So, you know, that gives me confidence that I, I must be making pretty good power ratings. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, I, I, I think your edges are minimalized this time of year because you don't have those week to week situations, like I mentioned, scheduling spots, this and that and the other. Um, this is the playoffs and everybody's now in that same boat. The lines are tight. So, you know, I, I would approach it like you do any other handicap with the mes methods that you employ. Um, but I certainly wouldn't get uh, over exaggerated with my betting amounts because, you know, we're going to go over some things in, in this conversation, Danny, where, you know, maybe there are some angles that you can lean on. Um, but with these lines so tight, you, you want to tread carefully and, and not get over your skis, betting more so than you did in the regular season. Yeah, great advice from Brady, who's been doing it for quite some time, folks. And look, we all fall victim to that at some point or another. It's a singular game. It's a primetime spot, especially now in the postseason. And you almost feel the need to get involved. You feel like you have to bet more because there's not as many games left. That's not the truth. Stick with the process that you've had. If it's been successful, keep that same thing going even into the postseason. And without further ado, Brady, we might as well jump right into that. I know you've done a write-up for all of these games, so let's go ahead and get your thoughts. Starting on Saturday, Houston and Cleveland. This game looked like it opened with the Browns as low as a point-and-a-half favorite, total at about 44. Consensus-wise, out in your neck of the woods in Vegas, we're seeing 44 in the hook for the total, and now two in the hook in terms of the spread. A little bit of movement going toward the Browns. What was your take on this, Matt? matchup, Brady? Well, I mentioned that there was one game that uh, was off the most from my power ratings, and that was this one. I, I think this game is really interesting for many reasons. And I talk about the power ratings. My, my numbers come to the Texans as a one-point favorite. And then when I go through all the stats, 
I have Houston once again as just slightly less than a one-point favorite. But I, I get the feeling that the Browns' numbers are a little bit skewed because of what they've done in the last few weeks. They've played three out of their last four games at home. Now, I, I don't count Week 18. I know they played that one on the road as well. But they've played basically three out of their last four games at home where they are a much different team than they are on the road. Now, that one road game that they played was against Houston when they won, but C.J. Stroud did not play in that game. Uh, so a little bit of same-season revenge here, possibly, for the Texans. I think Stroud in the lineup uh, you know, makes, obviously, a huge difference for the Texans. When, when I ran all my numbers throughout the course of this year, this was one of the biggest discrepancies on the numbers without C.J. Stroud versus the Texans with C.J. Stroud. They really fell off the map when, when he was not in the lineup. So you kind of have to be careful if you're looking at all those stats. You know, when he's not in the lineup, I saw such a huge drop off for this team. But I think now that he's back, we saw what he did against the Colts, played a great game there. I think they're a completely different team. The Texans should have success running the ball in this game. They haven't been a fantastic running team. I think they've improved in the second half of the season with Devin Singletary. But the Browns have a great pass defense, so I think they're going to have to be good on the ground in this game against that very good pass defense for the Cleveland Browns. And then conversely, I think Joe Flacco is going to have to throw the ball uh, against what is a relatively weak pass defense for Houston, but a very stout run defense. And not only do they stop the run well, but Cleveland hasn't run the ball really all season long, very well all season long, really ever since Nick Chubb went out, whatever that was in week two or three, I believe. So it's interesting there, the dynamic on offense. Houston should have success running the ball. Cleveland should have success throwing the ball. My numbers come to the Texans. I think it's also telling, Danny, that this line has not gotten to three. Mm. I, I think I saw a three maybe pop for a minute at a couple points during the week. But for the most part, this has been steady at two and a half. And if it's not getting to three, and I really, if it does, I think people are going to grab it real quickly with the Texans. So when it's staying at two and a half, uh, that's telling me that people are not in love with laying it. And and they're or they're waiting to take it, but I, but I think there is general market consensus, at least among the sharper players, for the Texans here as well. So I, I give the Texans the slightest edge. I didn't want to mess with taking two and a half. That's not a great number to take. So I teased them. I did a six point teaser with the Texans, taking them up to plus eight and a half. I think this game will be close. I could actually see it going under the total, and points will be at a premium. We know that Cleveland offense has improved a great deal under Joe Flacco, but it's not prolific. I would give the edge to the Texans as far as offense and obviously the Browns on defense. But I think I could see this game staying under the total. And, you know, when you're getting eight and a half points, if the game is going to play out like that, that's quite a bit of points. And I think that's a good position. Yeah, look, this is a great game to start out the playoffs with, and my initial inkling was gravitating toward Cleveland, and I talked about it on the last episode a little bit, but I, I just couldn't get there, and it's for the points that you laid out there in terms of the home and road splits. I think this Cleveland team 
is entirely way more comfortable playing at home, like most teams are, surely, but specifically this Cleveland team. And Houston on the other side, you have the better quarterback. C.J. Stroud has been better in terms of success rate, pass rating, EPA, uh, win probability added. Yes, he's had a much larger sample size, but we also have to remember that this guy's a rookie, and what he's been doing is just insanely impressive. And I feel like Houston can almost be like one of those teams. We see it often in baseball. And I know it's, you know, comparing apples to oranges, Brady, but you have one of these young teams who really don't know what their limitations should be. I mean, this team has been exceeding in every single category, at least where I had them set with the expectations, new head coach, new quarterback, and they just keep on winning and they make the playoffs and they win the division. And now they have a chance in a somewhat favorable matchup in the first round to advance to the next round in the NFL postseason. So I think a lot of that magic could resume there with Houston. That's why I'm staying off this one, but I'm glad you brought up teaser opportunities as well, because that's what I was going to ask you if you would recommend that. But like you said, you already did it from two and a half up to eight and a half. So uh, yeah, great breakdown with that first game. Completely understand your viewpoints there. Uh, seeing that you have them as a teaser leg, why don't we jump to whichever game you have the other side of your teaser on, Brady? Which team is going to take up that other slot this weekend? Okay, very good. Well, that is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, this is a standard long teaser, taking the two and a half up to eight and a half and the seven and a half down to one and a half. You could even go six and a half points if you're not comfortable laying the one and a half. Uh, that has become a more relevant number in today's NFL than it used to be. But um, I, I stayed with the six point teaser. I think the Packers are, are going to win this game pretty handily, or excuse me, the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game pretty handily. Um, I, I think the Packers are overrated. If you look at some of their, their games down the stretch, they lose to the Giants, they lose to the Buccaneers, they barely get by the Panthers, and they barely get by the Chargers. The, those are four not very good teams. The best team there is probably the Buccaneers, who I rate as about a point below average. I, I actually have the Packers rated as the worst team in the playoffs. I have them rated about uh, a half point lower than Tampa Bay. And it just seems like all season long, this team's numbers have been inflated versus what versus what they're really doing on the field. They, they've been injured all season. They play poor defensively. Now, I'll give them credit here. Jordan Love has shown tremendous improvement. Matt LaFleur remains a very, very good coach. And that's probably why you've seen them overachieve in some situations this season. But, you know, you're talking about, Danny, the very youngest team in the NFL. And not a rookie quarterback, but the first time he's ever started in a playoff game. And they're all going out to do it on the road against a team that probably has the best home field advantage in football. I think Dallas has won like 16 games in a row mm -hmm. on their home field. Um, I, I do not think they will win outright here, even though some people I see in social media and whatnot think that's a, a possibility. And, and maybe that's because they've they've been a hot team the last few games. Well, again, they, they have not beaten good teams. Um, and, and I don't want to take the seven and a half. Uh, and we talked about that a little bit with the line movement in the Texans and the Browns sticking at two and a half. This one is sticking at seven and a half. If the wise guys really loved Green Bay, this would be at seven or lower by now, mm -hmm. but uh, it's not. So, so I believe that is telling as well. My power ratings in this game came to Dallas minus eight, and I do give them a little extra than, than other teams in the NFL for home field advantage. Again, arguably the best team at home this season. 
Um, when I run the numbers, it comes to Dallas. When I look at all the stats, it comes to Dallas by just three and a half. But again, I think that's probably related to a few things. Dallas's recent struggles on the road and really all season long. Um, obviously, again, they're a much better team at home where they are this week. And then you combine that with Green Bay's recent surge against relatively weak teams. I think that skews the numbers a little bit. So would I lay the seven and a half? I probably would if you made me pick a side here. But again, I feel much more comfortable taking it down to just a point and a half, coupling that with the Texans in a six-point teaser. I think the Texans have a good chance to win the game outright, and I think Dallas wins pretty comfortably. Couldn't agree more with everything you said, Brady. And the biggest reasons, again, as you laid out, Cowboys this season and even beyond that have been fantastic at home. This year, specifically, they're 8-0 at home with an average winning margin of 21.5 points. Look at the Packers on the road, 4-5. and five. Now, they have an average losing margin of just 2.6 on the road, and all of that has to be taken into context, surely. But look at who they played on the road this year. Week one at Chicago, they dismantled my Bears 38-20. to The Bears came out with no game plan whatsoever. Uh, the coaching was awful. The players weren't inspired. So many bad things to happen. All right. You know, it's still impressive win to Green Bay. Whatever. The Bears are the Bears. But then they lose at Atlanta, who turns out to be a very, a very poorly run team, 25-24. to They lose out by you in the desert at Las Vegas, 17-13. The rumblings about Jordan Love, whether he's a good quarterback or not, start to occur. They lose in the Mile High City at Denver, 19-17. Those conversations still persist. You lose at Pittsburgh, 23-19. Your most impressive win was Thanksgiving at Detroit, 29-22. I'm not taking anything away from Jordan Love and the Packers in that game. The one thing you could say is that, well, looking back on it, Detroit's defense really is not good whatsoever, but still an impressive win. You lost against the Giants in that primetime game, 24-22. You barely held on against the worst team in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers, 33-30. And then they beat up on Jaron Hall for a half in the Minnesota Vikings, 33-10 a couple weeks ago. I haven't seen anything impressive from this team. And it's not me just being a bitter Bears fan. Yes, Jordan Love has had some moments where he's looked like an excellent quarterback, but I think it's based on the competition when we've seen it. And again, like you said too, Brady, the fact that he has a great play caller and schemer in Matt LaFleur. Now, that doesn't mean that that's going to disappear against Dallas, but just knowing how great this Cowboys team is at home, what their defense can produce, and what Dallas's offense is going to be able to do against his Green Bay defense, that's 23rd in EPA per play, 26th in success rate. I could keep going down the list, but I know you know all those numbers, Brady. I'm just right there with you. I mean, Dallas, to me, seems like they are going to be in complete control of this game. Doesn't mean I have this appetite for laying over the key number of seven in a playoff game, but I think teasing them down or finding some kind of parlay way to go about it with Dallas would be the route to take. And and, and that's where I'm a little stuck here because... You know, that Cleveland-Houston game, well, I again, I agree with everything you're saying. I haven't done anything with a teaser spot. I was considering maybe just doing a, you know, a money line with Dallas and Kansas City that came out to like minus 109. So I've been teetering with that, but I, I've just been itching to get Dallas involved in some capacity because uh, I'm right there with you, Brady. I think they are the way better team in this game than Green Bay. 
Yeah, I actually, and we'll get to this game as well, but I actually did go ahead and fire on that money line parlay with the Kansas City Chiefs, Danny. And and you're right, it's about minus 110 or so, which I think is just fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I was a little confused by some people, you know, thinking that Green Bay was really a live dog in this game. I think I think really they're more so a public dog. Yeah. Um, Dallas is a very good team. And, and this was one of the teams that I had pinpointed uh, before the season started, I thought there was value on them at around plus 185 or two to one or something like that to win the division. Kind of got lucky how that turned out, but they did end up winning the division. I played them over the season win total of 10, won that bet. Um, now, I think they'll get through this game. Uh, can they get through San Francisco? I doubt it, but um, this team is very good. And obviously we see that full potential when at, when they are at home. And uh, in this particular case, paired against a pretty weak opponent, in my opinion. All right. Well, good news there. Glad to hear that you're on the same page as me with considering Dallas and Kansas City in a two-team Moneyline parlay. So I've kind of just been waiting because I did want to hear your thoughts on this matchup. So again, considering you're thinking the same direction as me, why do you like Kansas City against Miami? And this line movement has been pretty abrupt. Now we see it four and a half in favor of the Chiefs across the board. I got friends texting me. They're going, wait, why is Kansas City laying four and a half all of a sudden? They stink. And well, then you kind of explain the weather. You explain Miami not doing as well against top teams and all of these factors that go into it. But why do you think that Kansas City deserves to be the favorite in this spot, Brady? Well, my power ratings come to Kansas City by three and a half. And that's where the game opened up. Uh, so we were spot on right there. And then when I run the stats, I actually come to the Chiefs just minus two. And, and we know they have been, they've really been struggling throughout the entire year, but especially down the stretch here. But so have the Dolphins. I mean, Miami is incredibly banged up injury-wise. They lose Bradley Chubb. They lose Van Ginkle, the linebacker. Xavier Howard, I think he's going to play, but he's not 100%. Jalen Waddell's still not 100%, and a tough, uh, tough injury to come back from in a, in a relatively quick amount of time is a high ankle sprain, which he has. Uh, you got Raheem Mostert, who I believe will play in this game. Um, and then you go on the road with this team in a very difficult place to play, Arrowhead Stadium. And on top of that, like you talked about the weather, a Florida team going to play in single-digit or worse temperatures. Um, it does not look good for the Dolphins at all. I, I think if they're going to have any hope in this game, they have to go with the rushing attack with Mostert and Achan uh, to have any success in this game. They were really crushing the Buffalo Bills last weekend, and for some week, uh, some reason in the second half, they abandoned that running game. Kansas City, if you're going to get this defense, which, by the way, is, is a team here that is top 10 offensively and defensively, they're not that bad. I know they're not the usual Chiefs we're used to seeing, but the defense is not the usual defense we're used to seeing either. The defense has been better this year, but you can still get them on the ground. The Dolphins are going to have to stick to that two-headed attack with Mostert and Achan if they're going to have any success here. But I really think before this is said and done, it's just going to catch up to them, the weather and the injuries. And at the end of the day, I have Kansas City as the better team. 
Um, I have Kansas City. Um, I'm trying to think here. I have them about two points, I believe, two and a half points, I believe, better than the Miami Dolphins. And then I give them a point and a half or so. And maybe I tacked on a little extra for uh, for weather and whatnot as far as home field advantage. I came to three and a half. So I, I must have them about three points better on a neutral field than this uh, Dolphins team. And I think eventually with all the other factors, the weather and the injuries, they're just not going to be able to keep up. I'll tell you one other interesting little wrinkle here, Danny, that I thought of early in the week. We all know the trend that has really been so successful for the Chiefs. Andy Reid off of a bye. Well, you say, no, he's not on a bye. Well, he kind of is. Week 18 was basically a bye for the Kansas City Chiefs. That was a glorified walkthrough practice. None of the starters played. That They were resting everybody. I don't think they worked too hard on that game plan. That was a buy in a lot of, in a, in a big sense. So I think we do have a little bit of that factor here. Andy Reed off of a buy going into this game. I think the chiefs handle business. The line has kind of gotten away from me now. I still wouldn't mind laying it. I, I think they win this game pretty comfortably. Um, but again, like I said earlier, uh, I, I really like them in a money line parlay. I don't think they have much problem winning this game. I dig it, and I'm glad that you're right there with me. So, yeah, I was waiting to get your official thoughts on it, and I'm glad I did. Gave me a little bit more reassurance, so might as well mark me down for an official play there, too. Uh, going with the Cowboys and then the Chiefs on the money line, like Brady said, circulating right around that minus 110 price. So uh, I like that angle a lot with both of those teams getting the outright dub. All right, Brady, a game that I don't really care for too much. Uh, let's take it to Buffalo. Bills hosting the Steelers. Spread is at 10 across the board. Total a low one, 36. I, I mean, because it's a playoff game and because the Bills can be so volatile, if I had to play it, I'd rather take the 10 points than lay it. But I'm not touching anything in this spot. How about yourself? Well, you know, I, I see what you mean. Anytime you see double digits out there, probably the first way you're looking is toward the underdog. But I think it becomes very difficult to back the Steelers without TJ Watt in this lineup. Um, it is a lot of points, but the problem is uh, when you have teams in the playoffs, and, and this is true during the regular season as well, teams that win the game tend to cover the spread. And in the regular season, like I said, that that's usually the case, but it becomes even more likely in the wild card round. The outright winner of the game, going back many years, like I think this is 10 years plus, the winner of the game, the outright winner, covers the spread about 88% of the time, meaning underdogs don't only cover, but they win outright, and favorites don't only win, but they also cover. What you don't get that often is an underdog that loses the game but does cover the number. So if you're taking that number, that 10 with the Pittsburgh Steelers here, you're taking something that has been very much in the minority over the last 10 plus years in this wild card round. So if you think Buffalo is going to win the game, then you know it, it would be more wise to or more likely the way history has shown uh, that they're also going to cover this big number. Here's some more interesting numbers for you too. Since 2005, Home favorites of seven points or more are 15 and two straight up and 13 and four against the spread. Wow. So not only does that apply to the Bills, but also uh, our aforementioned Dallas Cowboys as well. My, my power ratings in this game came to the Bills by eight and a half. And when I crunch the stats, I come up with the Bills by five and a half. But those numbers don't account for TJ Watt not being in this lineup. 
It also speaks to Pittsburgh, you know, with Mason Rudolph now 3-0. and They've had a little bit of spike, certainly in their offensive numbers the last few weeks. So that affects that number as well. And TJ Watt is one of the few defensive players in this league. Maybe Micah Parsons, maybe Nick Bosa. But TJ Watt for sure is probably worth at least a point to the point spread. And some odds makers might tell you too. So that could be a difference there in what we're seeing versus my power rating of eight and a half and the line being at 10. It's absolutely a factor. Um, But I did play Buffalo here on a 10 point teaser, took Mm -hmm. them down to pick them with the Houston Texans up to plus 13. And we'll get to this one in a bit. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers also up to plus 13. I was able to, when I, when I made this bet, both uh, Houston and Tampa Bay happened to be at plus three. And so that worked out. Not a big deal, though. I would still take it if they were only catching two and a half up to 12 and a half. So uh, Tampa Bay, Houston, and Buffalo on a three-team 10-point teaser is how I got involved in this one. All right. Well, yeah, let's move on to that Monday night game, and then we'll save the Rams and the Lions for last, Brady. Right now, we do see Tampa Bay catching three across the board. Philadelphia opening as low as two. Total open at about 44, and now you're seeing 44s for a majority of the books, but a couple at 43 and a half. I, this game at first, my my initial thought was, all right, it's tempting to look at Tampa Bay. You're catching three points. You're going up against this Philadelphia Eagles team that has struggled time and time again after their good start. And even when they got in that good start in the beginning stages of the season, they weren't doing it in a comfortable fashion, in a convincing fashion. And now the losses have been piling up one after another. Injuries are hitting them, all these bad things. If I can find that the Eagles are getting a little bit healthier with the receivers and just in some other areas, if it were under the key number of three, I think I would place a bet on Philadelphia at three right now. I'm kind of just staying away, but I don't mind your approach to teasing it up in some capacity. So we know you got the 10 point teaser in terms of Tampa Bay. Is that the only way you would look to play it though? Or would you maybe venture in some other direction as well? Uh, I I would probably just go with the 10 pointer. Uh, You know, there was a a time here, a long time for a few days this week when this number was at two and a half, which makes it very attractive to tease it to eight and a half. But, you know, you just wonder about this Eagles team. can they flip a switch? Are, are they ever going to really reach their potential where they should be playing, where they should have been playing all season long? They've had a couple of moments. You know, they beat the Chiefs. They've had a much more difficult schedule than Tampa Bay. So I, I wanted to take it all the way to, you know, plus 12 and a half or plus 13, 13 in my case. Um, my power ratings came to the Eagles minus two. So I was right there with the odds makers on the opening number. But when I crunch the stats, I come to Eagles minus one and a half. um, And I don't really understand the move up to three. And who knows, maybe it'll go beyond. It's just kind of puzzling to me. I I think maybe what I'm talking about, are the Eagles able to finally flip a switch? Maybe a lot of people are believing they are. I I don't personally believe that they will be able to. I I would not be surprised if they won this game. I don't think they're going to beat Tampa Bay by 12. Um, it's been a disastrous half dozen games or so, uh, for the Eagles and the Buccaneers at the same time have been on the uptick. But like I say, you got to look at the scheduling too. The, the Eagles have faced the chiefs, the bills, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, the giants, and the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay has faced the Panthers twice 
the Falcons, the Packers, the Jaguars, and the Saints. Big difference there. Now, you would expect that now it's the playoffs. This is the team that went to the Super Bowl loser or Super Bowl last year. You would expect that they would get their act together for this game, but Jalen Hurts has not been right all season. Now he's got the bad finger. A.J. Brown is hurt. Devonta Smith is hurt. DeAndre Swift is banged up. Darius Slay, uh, Blankenship. Um, the, I, I think it's Reed Spencer, if I recall his name, he's now out for the year. I mean, I mean, they are beaten and battered defensively and they have been bad defensively all season long, not just recently. Their, their defense has not been good at all. Um, like I say, teasing the Buccaneers up to eight and a half looks like a good position. I went one step further and, and went the route of the 10 point teaser. They should be able to have success throwing the ball against this Philadelphia defense. They don't run the ball well, but you know what? Philadelphia doesn't stop the run well either. Mm-hmm. Now, the Eagles, they have been running the well, or running the ball well on offense, but now they face a very stout Tampa defense against the run. I, I think if you're going to play this game with the traditional point spread, you have to be asking yourself which Philadelphia team is going to show up. The one that's been average or slightly above average all season long, the one that's been awful as of late, or the one that went to the Super Bowl last year. I didn't get into those questions, and I played it simple here and took Tampa Bay to plus 13. I don't think they're <laughs> – I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay won outright at all. I, I would not. Um, so I, I didn't really want any part of Philadelphia in this game. Played Tampa Bay on the 10-point teaser to plus 13. So I want to ask you about this total really quick before we move on because you bring up this Philadelphia defense, and you're right, Brady. I mean, they've been abysmal this season, and DVOA, their overall defensive ranking is 29. So issues all over the place. And look, Tampa Bay's ranking, according to DVOA, is better. Overall, they are 14th against the run, they're 8th against the pass, they're 14th. Now, that's just one metric in terms of DVOA that you can look at, but a lot of others show that Tampa Bay, especially in their secondary, have had issue after issue. Would you almost be tempted to back this total to the over if you're getting 43 and a half, considering how weak these defenses have looked this season? Well, the over would be the only way I could go because I I think Philadelphia will be forced to throw the ball. They may have some success running. Like I said, they've been running the ball pretty well as of late, but the Tampa Bay defense, that's their strength, is defending the run. Uh, Jalen Hurts could possibly turn the ball over. That might set up some short fields. I think Tampa Bay will have success throwing the ball. And I also believe that the, the general public and possibly the number that we're seeing here is going to be influenced by what we've seen recently. We just saw Tampa Bay struggle to score nine points against the Panthers. And we know what kind of struggle Philadelphia has been having as of late. So I think there's probably, you know, something in this number that is ticked down a little bit because the odds makers are anticipating the public maybe going under the total in this game. And for that reason, I'd look towards the over. I think there's, you know, reasons as we've explained uh, offensively and defensively for both teams. and, And I think there's possible value in the numbers. So the only way I would look is over the total. All right. I like it, my friend. Our final game. Let's get into that. Take it to the Motor City, the Lions and the Rams. This number down to three, but there were some three and a halfs out there leading up until today. And that's what I did, Brady. I took three in the hook with Los Angeles. This team has been very competitive 
the entire season. And you want to talk about exceeding expectations. Los Angeles certainly fits the bill in that regard. Now, we mentioned the lines earlier. The defense has been an issue. They're 21st in EPA, 18th in success rate, 25th in dropback EPA and success rate. They've been pretty solid against the run, but I think what this game's going to come down to is who's the better quarterback. And in a lot of categories, not by much, but golf statistically has been a little bit better. He's also played in two more games. But it's kind of funny looking into this game because you have the revenge narrative for both quarterbacks. Stafford going back to Detroit. Goff facing his former team. But when it comes to these quarterbacks in situations like this, you got to think Stafford gets the nod, right, in terms of the playoff experience, winning the Super Bowl. I know Goff has been to one, but Stafford's actually hit the pinnacle. And I give the head coaching advantage to Sean McVay. Defense, very, very slight. Not by much. I think you also can give the nod to the Rams, but that could be argued as a toss-up. And Sam Laporta may not be playing in this game. I like the fact that we are getting over the key number of three, so that's why I took it because of all those reasons I stated. And then some um, at three, not as enticing, but it would still be the Rams or nothing for myself. What say you, though, Brady? Well, I, I certainly understand your position there, and I don't necessarily uh, disagree with it. it. This should be a very entertaining game. This might be the best game of the entire schedule, and I, and I really am looking forward to all six games. I think they're all pretty darn intriguing. Uh, my power ratings in this game came to Lions minus three and a half, again, exactly where it opened. Uh, and I could probably be convinced to bring this down to three if Sam Laporta and Brian Branch, a uh, couple of outstanding rookies for Detroit, if they are both not able to go, I, I think the combination of those two guys is probably worth half a point for sure. Um, the two of them together out of this game is a big deal for the Detroit Lions. When I run the numbers, Detroit, you know, they have kind of, I, I talk about the Packers, how their numbers kind of exceed what they've done on the field. The Detroit Lions have kind of exceeded on the field what their numbers will tell you. And, and that probably goes a lot towards their defense, like you mentioned there in the open. Um, when I run the stats, the Lions come out to less than a one and a half point favorite. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if the game really is that close. Now, the Lions defend the run uh, very well. They're one of the best in football at defending the run, but not so much against the pass. The Rams defense is pretty average against both the run and the pass. So maybe the Lions will be able to establish a little bit more of a balanced attack. Um, if, if Detroit has any success in defending the pass, that could be the difference in this game. And while this defense has been the weak link for this team all season long, they have really stepped up in spots. We saw them absolutely shut shut down the uh, Denver Broncos, and not that that's a great defense, but they have come up in some certain situations, especially at home where they have played pretty darn well. Um, and, and like you say, getting three, the key three and a half, uh, make the Rams a very attractive play. I, I have a feeling that uh, the Lions will find a way to win this game, but I think it'll be difficult to do so by margin. Y you also look at this total, open 52, really high. Now, it did tick down to 51 and a half or so. I would be looking at the under. I think on paper, people look at these two teams and go, oh my gosh, that you know, they're gonna score 65 points. Usually when that happens, you know, you end up with a 21-17 game. And not that that's going to be the case, but I would play the under here and maybe a Detroit money line play. 
Maybe you even take them on like a six and a half point teaser and take them to plus three and a half. You know, some people will tell you that's a no-no to tease through the zero, but there's one case uh, that I've listened to some sharp guys on when you, when it's okay, we're going we're gonna to let you keep your wise guy card if you do it. And that's <laughs> when you have a three that is very close to becoming a three and a half. And that's exactly what we have here. We have a three with juice. So a six and a half point teaser gets you to the Lions plus three and a half, which I think is probably equally attractive as the Rams plus three and a half. Either team catching three and a half here, I, I think is a good bet. I do lean a little bit with the under as well. Um, at the end of the day, I think somehow Detroit finds a way to win this game. Man, that's fascinating because you're right. I mean, anytime you hear about teasing through zero, it's the biggest no-no when it comes to teasers, it seems like. But that's very interesting to hear that. There's maybe one little exception from some of these sharper guys. If it looks like it's going to become a three and a half, tease it back the other way and, you know, get yourself set up nicely. I, I like that approach. And I mean, I, I couldn't disagree with that. If either of these teams were catching three in the hook, that's automatically the attractive side here. But yeah, without a doubt, one of the more exciting games to look forward to this upcoming weekend. Uh, before we get you out of here, Brady, I did want to ask you if you had any interest in some of these futures odds. Now, yes, a lot of the value has evaporated because we are in the postseason. We know which teams have made the playoffs, but still some people like to get involved and perhaps there is some value because for example, a team like the Buffalo Bills, we didn't know if they were going to make the playoffs until after the Jaguars lost. And I saw them as a team that either could represent the AFC in the Super Bowl or they could have easily have lost to the Miami Dolphins and not made the playoffs heading into the weekend. But then I bring them up as well, Brady, because to me, there's two angles I would look at in terms of the futures right now. I would consider the Bills to win the Super Bowl at plus 650. And the other one that I would maybe just put some pizza money on here. And uh, again, you know, we were just into this, but just based on the price, I think the Rams at 22 to one are kind of appealing. Uh, they were 25 to one before this weekend. But if there's a team that could come out of the NFC, aside from the obvious being the San Francisco 49ers, and you're getting a really good price on it. I don't know. I think the Rams could be that team. I'm not saying I'm doing it, but if you want a longer shot, I would maybe attribute it to being that squad. But for yourself, Brady, is there anything that stands out in the futures department? No, I think you make a good point on both teams. I, I think the Buffalo Bills are certainly a, a live possibility. They've been on quite a run here. Uh, and same with the Rams. You know, you could argue that the Rams have been the hottest team in the NFL as of late. The, the problem is you have those two juggernauts in each conference, the, the 49ers and the Ravens. And I was thinking about this the other night, you know, would there be a team that I'd like to take a little stab with, uh, you know, for a Super Bowl future? And I think you might be better served looking at an exacta. Like, Ooh. you know, let, let's say you take the Buffalo Bills, who I, I would probably rather have involved uh, than the Los Angeles Rams, just out of the two mm -hmm. teams you mentioned. Uh, maybe you play the 49ers over the Buffalo Bills for whatever price that is. Maybe it's four to one, uh, or, or maybe it's actually even higher that I think four to one is the, the Niners over the Ravens or something like that. So the Niners over the bills, you can probably get maybe six to one, something like that. Maybe you play the Niners over the chiefs. Uh, I, I don't think the chiefs are, are by any means, uh, one to cast to the wayside just yet. Uh, we'll see what they're able to do against the Dolphins this weekend. Um, but I think maybe you can get creative that way. 
it's kind of like keying the favorite in a horse race. So let's key the 49ers or key the Ravens with, you know, one of your longer shot bets and see if you can figure out a better price that way in the exacta market rather than just taking that long shot to win it all. I like that approach a lot. Yeah, I know a lot of people do that. I personally, I, I haven't strayed into that market, but looking at it right now, it's it's certainly got some good prices to dish out. I'm just looking at FanDuel, for example. I, I know the prices differ at every book for anybody who's curious, but you mentioned the 49ers to beat the Bills. I'm seeing 10 to 1, at least at wow. FanDuel, Brady. Nice price, yeah. Yeah, and uh, what was the other one you said? You said the 49ers to beat the Chiefs. I see 16 to 1. Yeah. So yeah, yeah still pretty. I, I mean, the four, well. I think the 49ers to beat the Ravens is the favorite. And I looked at it maybe a couple, three weeks ago, and I think it was around plus 450 or so, if I recall. Yeah, I see six to one. So even a little bit there better. There you go. Yeah. Good number there. <laughs> I mean, so so there you go. There's another case where, okay, I'm going to go ahead and jump on the favorites. And, and who's going to argue with you? I, I know sometimes we don't always want to play the chalk, but mm-hmm. can you really you know, make a great case that both of those teams aren't going to make it, or at least one of those two teams. And, and if you think they're both going to make it, you're still getting six to one. That's, that's pretty nice. Think about if you have uh, think of, think about if you have the Niners over the Ravens at six to one, and that matchup comes to fruition, the Ravens are probably going to be a short underdog. You could take them on the money line and ha- have a great middle there, you know, uh, take them with the points, I should say, and have a great middle opportunity or take them on the money line just to hedge your bet. So, yeah, I think that exact market may be the way to go uh, if you're trying to ferret out some diamonds in the rough. Brady Cannon, folks, at Las Vegas Golfer is where you can follow him on Twitter, and I implore you to do so. Not only does he have you covered throughout the remainder of the NFL season, now that we're in the playoffs, it's getting down to crunch time. He's also got you ready with tons of golf content. He's writing about the betting angles for that over with the PGA Tour and at Golf Bet. So he has got you set up in both regards. The golf season just starting up once again. I know he'll have awesome content being dished out left and right when it comes to the links. But Brady, appreciate the time as always. Best of luck with all your wagers, and thank you again for making some time. We'll have to try to get it going again soon, my friend. Yeah, great to catch up with you again, Danny. Thanks for having me on, and uh, best of luck to you going forward and uh, to both of us uh, cashing some tickets in the NFL playoffs. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my good pal, one of the better NFL handicappers I know, Brady Cannon. Again, on Twitter, at Las Vegas Golfer. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of Burke's Beat. If anything is added to my list of bets, you know where to find it, burksbeat.com or on my Twitter at Danny Burke 5. So just to recap the plays I have heading into the weekend, we've got the Dolphins team total under 21 at minus 148, the Rams plus 3.5 at the price of minus 115, and then the added parlay from today's episode, Chiefs money line, Cowboys money line, best price I saw, minus 116, available at DraftKings. I'd play it up to minus 120. And remember, whatever those odds are, I'm risking that to win one unit. Enjoy your weekend. Best of luck with all your wagers for the NFL wildcard round and beyond that. And we'll catch up again next week. Until then, take care.